Indeed, welcome to the one and only Blackcast, where we are, in fact, speaking about Spider-Man Homecoming. And believe me, I thought about calling this episode Homecoming, spelled H-O-M-E-C-U-M-M-I-N-G. But no, I, we are far too classy for that because it's very exciting to have a new Spider-Man movie. While we have seen Spider-Man in a movie recently, it has been 174 Blackcasts since we have reviewed a standalone Spider-Man movie. The longest episode in the history of the Black Cast, two hours and 15 minutes. I'm sure we'll go two hours and 16 today. Actually, that's not true at all, but it sounded like something that I would threaten. And in fact, I did. I am Christian Blatt. This is the Black Cast. And for the moment, we are in a spoiler free zone, but that will not last. So if you've not seen Spider-Man Homecoming, you ought to see it soon. Just for a million reasons, mostly because it's awesome, but also because then you'll enjoy this episode more. I'm joined by the one and only Mr. Jeff Duray on Twitter, at Jeff Duray. He's, of course, also known as Captain EO, which I uh, I think I gave away your secret identity very fast. Yeah, pretty much. Do you also remember the origins of EO? It was Dennis not knowing how to say Neo. Well, he was just like, because your name was Jeff, and he's like, I kind of think of it like G-E-O-F-F as opposed to J-E-F-F. So I'm just going to call you EO because it's easier. But uh, I didn't remember the Neo aspect of it. But speaking of Neo, live from inside the Matrix, we are joined by Earth 2 Jeff, Mr. Jeff Winstead, uh, I believe on Twitter at Jeff Winstead, or did I make that up? No, that's correct. And Jeff, uh, we appreciate you coming back on the Blackcast, not just because the episode that you were on is uh, somehow one of the most listened to episodes of the Blackcast in the last year. It's only second to the one with Dennis Miller. So I was like, well, we need an excuse to get Jeff on. No, but actually you're really on because uh, like me, you are indeed a big fan of the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. So we want to get your thoughts on that. And at some point we may or may not have a special guest join us. Spoiler alert, it's not Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. Mostly because we would like Will to listen to this episode. And How's Stan your mother? <laughs> oh, see, now that's a spoiler right there. No, uh, but uh, we, we might very well be joined in studio by somebody. This is also I something I'm trying to do for this episode. I want to get this episode up as soon as possible and get it with no delay. So I'm not going to listen back and I don't want to have to edit it. So I'm going to try and actually know what I need to say. And I guess if something needs to be edited, I can always do that. And then when you look at the, the audio file, you'll be like, oh, look, there's a spike. <laughs> That's where I can find it. But uh, we're going to try and get this up as soon as possible. But for now, I'd like to start off talking first about Spider-Man himself, uh, Peter Parker, and how that was the first character that I really identified with in terms of superheroes. I loved this, this Superman movie. The first Richard Donner Superman movie, I like the second one. I think I didn't know any better. <laughs> Saw the third and fourth ones. But as a kid, I would see Spider-Man cartoons, and I just really liked him. And the first comic books that I bought were various issues of 
Spider-Man. So uh, Amazing Spider-Man 254, I've talked about on this very podcast. I believe Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, number 89, and I think Marvel Tales 154, none of which Captain EO can attest to. I didn't look up any of that. I am not, I, I was going to reference what the covers of each of those look like, but I think that's right. And so it's, it's a long time, and I just always really liked the character because he wasn't a millionaire like Tony Stark or Bruce Wayne. You know, he's a, a kid who, unfortunately, his, his parents' backstory was was nice and vague in those days. I don't like when they explained it. But just the idea that this kid was a superhero, it's like, oh, yeah, like any kid could really end up superpowered. And that was easy to identify with. I don't want to say that I was a nerd, but maybe, just maybe, I could identify with Peter Parker a lot better than Superman or Batman or any of those. And look, it's not just DC characters, you know, but those are the characters that I, I knew first. So I liked that this was a kid who had money problems. Like by the time that I was reading the comic, he wasn't living with Aunt May anymore. She was still a big part of his life, but he couldn't figure out how to pay the rent, you know? And I was just like, yeah, I like that he has these real problems. You know, he had three hot supermodels that lived upstairs from him and would be laying out on the roof, which was an interesting storyline for a nine-year-old boy or however old I was. Uh, Jeff, uh, Earth 2 Jeff, Jeff Winstead, do you remember that period in Spider-Man's life? This is sort of a period that you and I have talked about in the past. The uh, Tom DeFalco, Ron Friends era when he had the really hot neighbors. (laughs) Yes, yes. And do they all have like last names that end in I, like Bunny and, and Brandy? Yeah, I, I think so. And this is something that I, I didn't realize I was going to delve into. I probably would have researched it like a proper yeah, podcast. Yeah, me host. too. But yeah, he also had this great, um, he had a Nagel poster, which was very 80s, hanging in his living room at, at that place. And he had a, um, for a coffee table, he had a giant spool like that you would put. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, now that's, on. that's a detail that I did not remember. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I love that because it seemed like yeah. it seemed cool. Well, to, like you said to a kid, it seemed pretty cool. As our guest, uh, Earth 2 Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Winstead, <laughs> I would like to ask sort of when did you first sort of find Spider-Man? Was it the cartoons? Was it comics? What was it that you first found where you're like, I think I like Spider-Man? Yeah, it must have been the cartoons, like, I guess the Spider-Man and his Amazing Friends yeah. cartoon. And I'd probably seen, you know, thinking back, that the lame 70s live action thing a bit. Yeah, I found out that that existed, and I was so excited to find it, and I remember scouring the TV guide, and I'm like, oh my god, it's on at 2 in the morning, and I recorded it, and I'm like, wait, this is garbage. He's yeah. he, The Spider-Man suit looks terrible, and like so many of those shows, he's not fighting supervillains, you know? It's like... Yeah. Exactly. He's hardly ever in the suit, like, and all the Peter Parker stuff is really boring. One episode of The Incredible Hulk where he faced the leader would have made up for all the other years of David Banner just moping around. But no, it was like, no, no supervillains. Let's not do that. Nobody wants to see that. We don't want to see them. Yeah, awesome. at least the Hulk had Bixby, who was a good actor. He, yeah, that's true. That, I think that, <laughs> that was the saving grace the, of that the show. The live-action Spider-Man did not have any good actors. Uh, yeah, what, were, yeah. what were some of the earliest Spider-Man comics you bought? I think we might have covered that the last time, but just sort of... We for, did. Yeah, my was 270 so it was the, so, the the second part of the episode where he is fighting fire lord yeah under glasses heralds and yeah it was a ron friends tom defalco uh production and uh yeah i just loved the black costume which i think we, just, we talked about so yeah. that was all new to me yeah that was when i started reading he had the black costume exclusively it, it was new and it was kind of interesting and then he sort of switched back and forth for a while yes, yeah. now uh jeff duray captain eo 
your some of your earliest memories of Spider-Man. Is it the cartoons? Is it uh, is it the '90s live action cartoon? Because you're a little younger than uh, than myself. Or, yeah, I yeah. think it's probably the. I'm guessing. I said it's live probably, action cartoon. Yeah, and you, I know and you just meant. and you just moved on from it. I realized that's not a thing. Yeah, a, li- a live action cartoon, I guess, is like Mary Poppins, where you're interacting mm-hmm. with cartoons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the '90s cartoon, Pete's the dragon. Yeah, Pete's right, dragon. exactly. I'm talking about the '90s cartoon, not the '90s live action cartoon. And see, yeah. if I was editing this episode, I would be like, uh, I, got, I got to get that out. No, the '90s no cartoon, which I am very much rewatch in the process of right. rewatching well, let, the entire. Let Blackcast Nation know where they can find it. You'd send me a text out of the blue to let. Let me know, and I'm know. actually very excited. As soon as I found this, I was just like, you know, browsing through looking for something to watch, and I find these two things, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna have to let Christian know about this <laughs> immediately. It is every episode of the 90s Spider Man and every episode of the 90s X Men are both available right now on uh, Hulu Plus. Right, so you have to be a paid Hulu subscriber. These are not the, the free content yeah. where you can see like new shows with some commercials in there or whatever. So that's great to know. And so you're sort of rewatching those. Mm-hmm. And did you buy many Spider Man comics or graphic novels, or you just kind of knew them from the cartoon and then the movies started coming out? Yeah, I think, I mean, in general, like my real comic book collection hasn't didn't really manifest until just this last year or two um and when i was a kid the the comic books i got were mostly like uh my mom and i would go to the comic book store and just get a huge stack of them so she could send me one a day when i was at summer camp so i'd have something to read every day this is actual summer camp not bad boy school yeah. yeah no this is actual like nice summer camp yeah. uh it was like a sleepaway camp for like four weeks so every day we'd have like after lunch a little quiet rest time where we get our mail so since i am you know like add style especially <laughs> as a kid i was super hyper so it was like i needed something to distract me so i'd spend the the quiet time just reading my comics every day yeah well uh when you're the age i was the I was going to say the Spider-Man movies were a long ways off, but good superhero movies, apart, obviously, from the first two Superman. But we were in an age of bad superhero movies mm-hmm. up until 1989. So mm-hmm. there, Spider-Man was so far off. And even though Spider-Man and his amazing friends was clearly for younger audiences, I was fairly young when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. But I continued to watch it because they had episodes with the X-Men. And there's actually a pretty well put together episode of Spider-Man and his amazing friends called Seven Little Superheroes. Captain America's in it. Doctor Strange is in it. I actually forget who else is in it. The chameleon's the bad guy. <laughs> so there's there's five other little superheroes, or actually one of them Spider-Man, so there's four others. And it was just like all these great Marvel characters who did not have their own cartoons at that point. And I just was like, I think I really like these characters. And I've talked a lot about how I watch the Super Friends. I liked those characters too, but for whatever reason, it might have just been the influence of my big brother i just started buying spider-man comics and that was kind of all i did for the first couple months you know was wait so they had seven big name marvel superheroes and the best villain they could come up with was the chameleon well the chameleon so that he could pretend to be captain america hey that sounds kind of familiar actually kind of i might remember that now that you now that you mentioned that yeah and uh yeah exactly It, it was definitely an episode that i remember uh fairly well but not well enough that i could remember who all of them but i'll give the spoiler alert the eighth little superhero was miss lion 
And oh, yes. yeah, which is not great. Oh, uh, Prince Namor, the Submariner, mm. aka Cool Aquaman, and I only say that to annoy Will. I'm just <laughs> just saying it to annoy Will, hoping that he listens to this. Uh, and of course, Iceman and Firestar. I was not counting his amazing friends, so sure. I forgot his friends are so amazing. I didn't count them. Uh, Shanna the She Devil was uh, also in that episode, and yes, wow. those I did have to look up. I, I own up to when I have to look these things up. So I, I don't know. I just always really liked the character, and then you know, as I've talked about. I fell off from reading comic books, but I thought that the Sam Raimi movies, the first two in particular, were really well done. And I remember going to see the third one and kind of enjoying it, but thinking it was a bit of a mess. And why did we have Venom and Sandman in the same movie? And did you have a similar thought? Uh, well, Captain definitely. Neo? I I was just reading something the other day that was like movie here villains or heroes that we really wish Marvel could just have back, and one of them was Venom, and they were referring specifically to Topher Grace Venom. Topher Grace where they were like, Venom. Okay, fine. You're gonna make him Eddie Brock. We'll live with it. But then when he becomes Venom and you have to show his fucking face every time he talks, <laughs> no, keep his face out of it. He's yeah. the part that's ruining it. That's a good point. That did make it worse. And uh, I'm in a minority that I liked both Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies, even though they were a little bit different in tone, but very excited by this new movie. And, uh, you know, we've talked a, a lot about Spider-Man in the past with both Jeffs, with Captain EO and Jeff Winstead. And just sort of in broad terms, before we bring down the spoiler curtain, I just want to talk about how much fun the movie is. So this is the part where you can still listen if you haven't seen it, where we're going to tell you why to go and see it. And the reason you should go and see it, as I said before, is that it's awesome. It is one of the more fun superhero movies that we've had in a while. And I think that Wonder Woman is a different kind of movie. It's great. I, I, if I have to compare them, you know, Wonder Woman might be better. Wonder Woman is a lot of fun. This movie is also a lot of fun. So for me, they're both equally good. I, you know, don't don't make me say that Wonder Woman's better just because she's a woman, but it is a good movie. But for me, I'm so much more excited by this character that I just love this movie. And as Jeff knows, we just saw it a little while ago. I, I tend to have to go to the bathroom once during a two and a half hour movie, and I couldn't figure out a good spot to leave because it was too good. And mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I picked a spot where I, at least now I feel like I, I did all right, which we'll talk a little bit about later. And I just thought it was so well done. It was so much fun. I like that we get young Peter Parker. We get high school Peter Parker because the other movies, sure, he starts off in high school and then he graduates in the second movie. Well, at least in this one, we make it very clear he's 15. And I think that they were saying each appearance is going to be sort of like a year in high school. So Civil War was like freshman year. And so I guess if then Infinity War turns into junior year, then that's going to be bad because then he's going to graduate in the next movie, which I don't want. But anyway, I like that he's young now and that's the key. And it's just a lot of fun. I think that the casting is great. Uh, some of the side characters, uh, Michael Keaton is fantastic, referencing 1989 Batman. Uh, he's certainly come a long way from the Cape Crusader, but uh, I think that he was perfect for this role. And I, I just really enjoyed it uh, on the whole. Uh, Jeff Winstead, in, in a non-spoilery way, just sort of a, an umbrella statement of why it's so good and why you think people should see it. At least I'm assuming you thought it was good. We actually haven't had that conversation yet. We have not. I did think it was good. I think the main reason is the best Marvel Cinematic Universe villain ever. Yeah, he's very well-rounded. And I think that there have been good Cinematic Universe villains. But he, this was just like a guy you kind of understand his plight. 
know, they've had a real villain problem with these movies. I mean, some have been fine. Loki's good. Loki is, is, I would say, the best. I think that the Red Skull was good because it was that movie in World War II. I think a modern day Red Skull would not have worked. So at least so far, I'm glad we. You mean Captain America too? Well, we didn't actually have the the real Red Skull though. I mean, we didn't have that guy in the Red Skull mask. Is what I'm saying. You know, yes, we had Hydra. Which yeah, that's a different that's a different issue. But in terms of just like a one single solitary human being as a villain, Loki and I would say the Vulture are definitely right up there. Though uh, anyway, I, I co-opted your statement, uh, Jeff. Too so go ahead. No, no, yeah, it's totally my point. Is just uh, especially in the most recent movies, if you think about like who was the villain in Civil War, I mean you really, I mean there was a guy who was. Uh, Somebody, but you don't really remember that character that well. Yeah, and Ultron wasn't a great villain. And I I think they they did a good job in casting the voice, but then they didn't write a cool robot character, which was disappointing. Is it Zemo? Was Zemo the the bad guy in Civil War? Baron Zemo was essentially like his grandson or something was basically the bad guy in Civil War, but it was really about Cap and Iron Man. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But he was the one who was like behind pulling the strings, and then we get yeah. his justification like, "You guys killed my family when that robot tried to destroy the world." Yeah, that was pretty. That was that sounds <laughs> How about. How dare you? That sounds uh sounds a little uh, sounds a little uh, Batman versus Superman-y, actually. Like <laughs> when you were fighting people, look what happened. Yeah, exactly. But uh, so you liked the villain Jeff too. Uh, what else about the movie struck yeah. you? Bottom line, great movie, great soundtrack, um, really kicks in. I thought the last uh, third was fantastic. Yeah, uh, uh, really made the movie. I think the the last bit. Um, yeah, uh, when I when I most... when I picked the song for this episode, the Ramones version of Spider Man, I had no idea that there were going to be like three Ramones songs that in this was, movie. That was Rachel, my wife's favorite part of the movie. I think was the soundtrack. Yeah, it, it was really well done, and you know we've talked in past Blackcasts about how the soundtrack can be overdone. Case in point, Suicide Squad, and I think it can work really well. They didn't make as big a deal about the music actually happening in the movie like they do in Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that, you know, it wouldn't have worked to call attention to it. So I I do think that the music was great. Just the look and the feel for the whole, I guess it's two hours and 15 minutes, which is is long. But I don't know. Jeff won Captain EO. I don't it didn't feel like a long movie while we were watching it. No, no. I mean, other than the whole like having to pee and hold it, uh, yeah, it which was, I could not do. You're more of a man than I am, so good for you. <laughs> uh, I definitely would say it doesn't feel like the the thought I was just having is that there's no scenes in this movie that I'm like you could have gotten rid of that. Like everything really drives the next part of the film. Like everything really needs to be there. There's none of that like gimmick scene where Captain America and Iron Man fly into the forest so that they can knock down some trees and show how cool their explosions are. It's true. Everything, including the fight sequences, definitely serve the overall story uh, to the extent that this isn't a spoiler yet, is that when it was over, I'm like, but is there going to be more fighting? I'm like, oh, no, because there doesn't need to be. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that was kind of that was kind of a relief that it wasn't like and now we're going <laughs> to. And now we're going to have Doomsday show up and then you're going to have to fight Doomsday. And yes, I'm picking on a specific movie, but uh, people know that for the most part, I enjoy that movie. So, uh, Captain EO, you you felt like it, it just it worked as the two hours and 15 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really well done. I think um, 
oftentimes Marvel movies are the best when they're the first iteration of a character because instead of relying on you having seen everything else in their universe and relying on like having already established these characters and uh, they do a good job of showing their motivations like giving us the reasons why they do things in like new and inventive ways so like similar how similarly how Wonder Woman uh, was like kind of a continuation of the DCU but we we got the the beginnings of Wonder Woman and like why she is the way she is and that was interesting because we've like developed this character and understand him well we had the same little like we had a little taster of Spider-Man from Civil War now we get to really understand this Spider-Man and and I appreciated in this movie that we didn't just get to see the same story that we've seen a hundred times like Uncle Ben dies yeah I'm, he's a wrestler he gets bitten by a spider knowing that would not be in this movie was something that really helped me be excited for it you know Will had talked about how he wasn't excited and I said look I'm very excited because we're going to hit the ground running and he's going to be Spider-Man. He's still going to have to figure it out. But you know what? For years, mm -hmm. he needed to figure it out. I just, you know, just like I never want to see poor Thomas and Martha Wayne get killed again. I don't want to see Uncle Ben get killed again. No. And you know what? If in the next movie he like flashes back to it because they decide they want to show it and it takes a few minutes, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But I just don't need that part of the narrative. I like that when you consider that in, I guess, 16 years, we have now had our third Spider-Man, our first, like, let's meet the new Spider-Man, to figure that two times for the origin story was going to be enough mm -hmm. was definitely something that I appreciated. Well, I think that uh, that will uh, conclude the entire episode of Blackcast. Good night, everybody. No, that'll conclude <laughs> the spoiler-free portion. So if you've been listening, wanting to be talked into the movie, I would say now you should go see it. And, and Jeff Winstead, you don't get out to a lot of movies, especially not on opening day. We have called you out on this very podcast because you feel like a lot of times you can wait for a movie on Blu-ray. So tell us what it was that made you decide that, no, Spider-Man I'm going to head out for. And if you feel like that was a an instinct that was rewarded by you actually heading out on opening day of all things. It was because we saw like a 10.30 a.m. showing. So even then it wasn't that full. It was, it was a nice crowd, but not too bad. And yeah, this was the first opening day movie I think I've seen since Iron Man. Iron so Man been, 1. Iron Man 1. So, so it's been in, about... In 10 years. Months. Yeah, that's was 10 years. About a decade, yeah. yeah. So um, wow. they usually I wait for like at least week one. I, it, we, we have a quota that maxes out about two movies in theater a year. Um, so we Which don't get out very much. Yeah, no, I, and... and uh, we shouldn't get out much, my wife and I, but uh, <laughs> movies is one of the things that we like. So we always uh, try to find a way to we always try to find a way to get to, to the movies we like. So. All right. Now, as I've mentioned, we are beyond the spoiler free portion of the conversation. This is the spoiler filled portion. So, Jeff Winstead, I'm going to let you sort of go through some of your favorite things in the movie, your moments. And then you, other Jeff and I, will talk about some of the some of the actual surprises that uh, the big reveals that we got that uh, I was very excited about. Yeah, um, my single favorite sequence of the movie, being the hardcore uh, geek that I am, was the sequence where he's buried in the rubble, and he's motivating himself to to stand, which yeah. is straight out of Amazing Spider-Man thirty three, which is one of Steve Ditko's best. Probably one of his best, most famous pieces of uh, of comic art ever. 
is that sequence. If you, are you familiar with it all? Did you ever see it? I, I do uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. I, I read a lot of uh, Marvel tales. And yeah, so that's, that's how, that's I, how I got to see a lot of those. So I do remember that story very well. And I think that it was an important moment in the movie. And yeah. it's funny because that's right when I came back from the bathroom. So I feel like I'm just like, all right, you know what? He's under the rubble. And here's the thing. I'm going to see it again tomorrow with my wife. So I was like, all right, I, whenever I go to a movie for the first time and I go to the bathroom, I'm like, I'm going to remember the moment because I did this with Logan, too. I was like, this is the part I have to be back for. So I'm going to go earlier and I will plan that moment out. So anyway, Jeff Winstead you found that that was a good moment. And I think that, yeah, that's the moment. And, you know, I don't know, I guess it could be considered a little heavy handed that we hear Tony Stark saying that if you aren't, if you're nothing without the suit, then you shouldn't have the suit. But it is the moment where he realizes like, oh yeah, I'm Spider-Man. And I, unlike Tony Stark, I actually am something without the suit. And I always remember Tony Stark really, you know, he's a, He's a flashy guy without the Iron Man suit, but he is not getting out from under a pile of rubble in his Armani suit. To steal a quote from uh, Justice League or whatever it's going to be called. I think it's called Justice League, right? Whatever, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know if it was Justice or Justice League. We, yeah. we don't know how many words we want to put in titles yeah. anymore. Like they, might, they, might, they might call it JST, you know, because <laughs> it's like too many letters. But anyway, what were you going to steal from Justice League? Uh, when uh, Aquaman, your favorite character, asks <laughs> Batfleck uh, what his superpower is, and he says, I'm rich. That is pretty much a great moment. And yes, it's true. That is Tony Stark's superpower, is that he's rich and he has a lot of cool toys to play with. So, yes, that's a great sequence. And I think Peter having to put back on the bad suit, you know, it's something that we knew from the trailer that he would end up back in the bad suit at some point. But I think that it's some great character building and it just... Like, I didn't need an excuse to root for him more, but it really makes you more invested because you're like, well, no, he needs to he needs to earn back the cool suit, mostly because wh wh what's going to happen to Karen? You know, like he needs to have Karen in his life to talk to. Well, we also the whole movie, we're seeing how and especially with the lead up to them uh, code breaking or jailbreaking the suit. Right. So that yeah. they can unleak uh, unleash all its powers. It's essentially like we're seeing not the development of Spider-Man in terms of like learning his powers. We're watching Spider-Man learn how to use his suit. So we had to take away the suit to remind us too as the audience like, oh no, he's still got powers. Yeah. He's still got a lot of cool things he could do regardless of like this tech suit that he became BFFs with in 30 minutes. Shall, shall I activate instant kill mode? Which I thought was a <laughs> funny running joke. It was like, no, enough with the instant kill. So Jeff, what were some of the other... Jeff? Two, sorry, Jeff Winstead. What are some of the other uh, sequences that really stood out for you? Yeah, just um, hitting a general note that I, I like the John Hughes sort of feel of the movie, which is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, and also, I mean, the literal tribute to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, yes. where we actually see them watching the movie. Because as that's happening, you're like, okay, I get it. This is this is like Ferris Bueller, and they're like, we know you get it. Here's right, the right. movie, and I I just thought that was that was a nice touch, and again, that's the kind of touch you get in a fun movie, and yes. that helps this movie be more fun. Yes, Captain EO. Also, definitely address like in every other Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man just shoots those webs off wherever the f he feels like, <laughs> and he starts swinging, and we really finally get in this movie him being like, 
all right, golf course. I'm going to have to run this because yeah. there's nothing for me to attach it, to. It's a great point because I was just like, yeah, that's right. What happens when he's out in the suburbs? Mm-hmm. You know, they've had a handful of stories where he's out of the New York area. And in New York, you can swing around on everything. But, uh, you know, when you're when you're out and about in places that don't have skyscrapers, you are going to have to run. And I was glad we saw that. Yeah, I liked some of those lighter moments. Yeah, uh, and the, this, the scenes in New York, I thought this was the most New York feeling uh, like when they were in Queens, it really felt like you're on the ground in Queens, even though I know they filmed a lot of the movie in Atlanta. Yeah, I was just, I was literally just about to say, even though it was Atlanta. Yeah. No, but they obviously they did some filming in New York. And yeah, I, sure. I think we really got to see Queens. And look, as, as a personal nice touch for me, and it's something that we've seen with with Peter's character. We've seen that Uncle Ben used to take him to Mets games. He lives in Flushing, Queens, or no, he lives in Forest Hills, I think. And yeah. But he would be a Mets fan, and let's let's not pretend because you know what? He's an underdog, aka I'll take the hit. He's a bit of a loser, so of course he would root for the Mets. And I like that as a nice touch that he had some things on the wall. He had the hat, and I'm like, of course he does because he lives in Queens. Gosh darn it! Yeah, that's right. I, I'm trying. Yeah, to I like the accent the guy does too. I know he's British in real life, but uh, he does a really good. It, it's just really authentic sounding. Wait, I'm sorry. Tom Holland is British. <laughs> is right, it really? Yeah. I actually had no. I'm not even yeah. kidding. I didn't realize that. I knew oh, that. Really? I knew that Andrew Garfield was, but I don't think I'd ever heard him talk other than in Civil War. Like I haven't heard interviews with him or anything. Oh so, yeah, because no, I've been trying to not know too much about this movie, sure. and I knew enough from the trailer because I wasn't going to not see the trailer. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I've tried not to really watch or read too much about it. So Americans eat too much high fructose corn syrup to uh, play sure. skinny spider. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Somebody could be a skinny. Spider-Man, but you know that'll have to be for the next reboot, which we're probably less than five years away from. Uh, but yeah, no, I think he he did do a great job, and yeah, it did have a real good New York feel. Uh, I can attest to that as a uh, displaced New Yorker that uh, it, it definitely felt like it. And I just I just like the way that they kind of utilized his setting, and I he didn't spend much time in Manhattan, and that's no. all right because this wasn't that story. You know, this isn't where he has the rogues gallery, the cast of characters, the villains who are always looking for him, you know, which, you know, to jump ahead, we sort of get a little bit tease because you know how much they've wanted to make that Sinister Six movie for oh, so yeah. long. And we had, so we have the vulture. Clearly he runs into Scorpion in prison because of the uh, not too inconspicuous Scorpion tattoo. Shockers out there. So we're already halfway to Sinister Six. Is Mysterio part of the Sinister Six? I believe he is. And yes. Sandman yeah. and, and Electro. Okay. Maybe Jamie Foxx will come back and say, I know that would not happen. But uh, so, yeah, that's that would be your Sinister Six, I, I believe. Did I did, was that only five or was that six? No, I think that's six. Yeah. No, yeah you said Sandman, right? Yeah, so, I said yeah. Sandman. I don't think the lizard was part of the Sinister Six, but yeah. you know, yeah. the, that could be Sinister Six, Sinister Six Two, Book of Shadows. They could have that in there. Go ahead. Hydro Man and Sandman are like elementals. They should be like all powerful. They should be, but uh, but that's the problem when people who get those powers are are kind of like common criminals, which is something that I, I think it's a great trope of superhero stories that, you know, even the Joker is is not a particularly advanced or smart person. You know, these these basically these thugs who figure out how or they're in an accident. And honestly, even even the vulture He's just a guy who has a construction company, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not like some scientist who tests on himself. No, he's like, oh, I'm going to steal some cool shit 
and then I'm gonna steal some even cooler shit. Mm -hmm. And I thought that the, that that was a nice touch. Uh, let me uh, transition to our pal Captain EO. What were some of the, and remember we're in the spoiler filled portion of the conversation. Now, what were some of the other things that stood out for you in the course of the conversation? And by conversation, I mean movie. Um, I mean, I, I touched on it a little bit earlier. I really liked the way that they made they they combined a lot of things that I've seen in some of the more recent Spider Mans and uh, uh, comic books and TV shows, just where it's like. You got a lot more gadgets. You got a lot more tech-centric stuff going on. You got um, it's it, I, it's just interesting, and it was interesting watching these new dynamics play out with like the whole Ned best friend or whatever stuff that you yeah, got so from that, like the Miles Morales. I was going to say that that's a Miles Morales side character, which we're not going to have a debate about Miles Morales for once. This <laughs> movie's about Peter Parker, so let's keep it on Peter. But I did like. I think that it, it kind of works, and Jeff and I. Uh, <laughs> Captain EO and I were talking in the car that I think that your prototype Flash Thompson does not work in this movie, mm -hmm. mostly because they go to a gifted sciences high school and Flash Thompson, the jock on the football team, would not get in there. So it's sort of the modern day, like smart ass jerk DJ, daddy has a nice car. Flash Thompson, who you feel like even before Peter was bitten by a spider, he could definitely kick this guy's ass. Mm -hmm. But it's the kind of bullying that I think works in a movie in 2017 versus a comic book in 1962. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that that's sort of it's a great indication of where we have come in that time. That's really the first. No uh, ringing the bell for uh, comedic purposes, yeah. <laughs> which was was great, by the way. I love that Martin Starr, uh, known for a bunch of things, but he looked the most like his character from Silicon Valley. Uh, I know he was in Freaks and Geeks, but that was a lifetime ago. And I was very <laughs> excited to see him in this movie. I thought that he had a couple of great lines, and the best one being, "I would never be able to handle losing a child on a school trip." Again, <laughs> and I was just like, "No, that's that's a very dark moment, and delivered perfectly." Uh -huh. So, uh, yeah, I, I really liked some of those side characters that we got to see, and from actors that we knew, like Donald Glover, mm -hmm. who everybody was wondering, like, "Oh my God, who's he gonna be? He's gonna be this character? Maybe he's gonna be Miles Morales? That's crazy! He's gonna be this bad guy?" No, he's just a guy who backs out of a, a deal for some... He's like, I just want to stick some people up, not travel back in time. Yeah. And uh, I thought it was great. And that's certainly a character that lends itself to showing up again in the future. Oh, yeah. I loved the whole... I loved... I don't know if you noticed this, because they didn't even address it, but the back window of his car when they're uh, in the parking lot and Peter comes and uh, confronts him is just like a garbage bag taped as the back window. I did not catch that. And That's it was nice just touch. it was just great. And then the whole like he sticks his hand to the to the uh, trunk or whatever and then when he's leaving he's like that'll dissolve in 2 hours. <laughs> he's like no, you need to take this off now. He's like you're a criminal, bye Mr. Criminal. And, he, and of course he throws in, but I've got ice cream. And I'm like <laughs> that's the moment where I you think Spider-Man be like, "Oh man, I do like ice cream." It's all right, fine. <laughs> we could also have like immediately or sometime later cut to a scene of him like trying to one hand like scoop the ice cream with his one hand and eat it while his other is still stuck to the car. 
Yeah, exactly. There, there are a lot of great moments in that scene, and this is a perfect time to bring in our special guest. Now, we've already had one special guest who's still with us, Jeff Winstead, at Jeff Winstead. But uh, Agent Romanoff, Natasha, thank <laughs> you for joining us on the Blackcast. Your triumphant return to the Blackcast. Yes, it is quite triumphant. Yes, thank you. I'm glad you realize how triumphant <laughs> it is. Uh, now, I would... For your sake, I'd like to say you're not as much of a nerd as we are, I, but um, I don't know if that's uh, that's quite possible for you to be as nerdy as we are. So it's true. I don't think I was my my growing up environment was not conducive to the same. But you <laughs> do watch kind of. Nerdy. But you do watch yeah. Doctor Who. So I love. Doctor she Who. watched Doctor Who before me. She Valid. was the one who <laughs> yeah. got me to finally I, watch it. I know she talked you into it, and you were like, "I can't watch this garbage," and but she's it's like, so "Start." Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is a conversation to have another time with you. Uh, but so you saw this movie with Jeff and I. Oh, I, I did. Not Jeff on Skype, Jeff. But, but Skype and I mean human. Human Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> well, no, Spider Jeff Winstead. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Winstead is also human. He's just yeah. not here. <laughs> uh, so what did you think? Uh, and uh, I, I'm going to assume you saw the previous five Spider-Man movies or some yes. of them. Okay. Yes. I well yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I did. I like this one. I like it's. A, I think it's a bit more relatable across the board. Like all the characters are a bit more um, of like people you might see in your own life. I love Zendaya. She was awesome as the MJ. As, as, I love well, that. Well, she's Liz. Mm. She's a different character. No, right? no, no, that, that girl Zendaya. Yeah, the one yeah. that was like. Um, oh, so, oh, my friends call me so MJ. Who, oh, so the girl. Okay, so I uh, see. Yeah. I didn't know who Zendaya was. I just know it's a weird name. So mm -hmm. I actually <laughs> didn't know which character she was playing. All right, so uh, she yeah, played she, yeah. the character that was MJ. Which which was a great reveal, by mm -hmm. the way, uh, Jeff Winstead. Was that something that you were able to be surprised by, Jeff Winstead? No, no. What? You knew that was coming? Yeah, it was coming a mile away. But really? Because they made a point in the first bit of the movie not to even say her name, and then when they did, it started with an M. Well, they switched, her name was Melissa or something. Michelle. Or Michelle. Michelle. All right, see, I did not catch that. You're absolutely right. If if I had the old scoop hat on and I was trying to get to the bottom of a story, maybe I would have noticed it. You're no dick. <laughs> but I did not find that and uh, I, I was legitimately surprised by that and I'm like oh that's kind of cool that's a very different MJ yes. because uh, she's very very much a smart ass and I'm not even talking about her physical appearance although like the fact that attitude. she is not I, I'm just going to say I don't know that she's going to be a model like Mary Jane Watson was but I'm not even saying that. That sounds very negative, but I'm like, oh, they're going a completely different route, which I like. Mm -hmm. I think that will work very well in future movies. Uh, I, yeah, I was legitimately surprised by that. But to Natasha, a.k.a. Agent Romanoff's point, <laughs> I feel like, yeah, it, the characters are very relatable, and that is sort of a, a very Spider-Man thing because he lives in Queens. It's just you point out that he doesn't live in some cool mansion, and, and I'm actually talking about Tony Stark for once, not Bruce Wayne, although I usually am. He doesn't have a Fortress of Solitude. His, apparently his Fortress of Solitude was that Portageon that they had a stock photo of him <laughs> with toilet paper stuck to his shoe, which I thought was a nice touch because that's, that's usually how things go for Spidey. Sure. And that's one of the reasons. There's, you know, Obviously, we enjoy your company and we're always happy to have you back on the broadcast. But it's a little bit more of, of I was going to say a layman, a layperson's point of view. I wanted to know how that all resonated with you you know if if you found the oh yeah this is just like regular people where crazy shit's happening to them i mean i think it, it definitely it's gotten to a point where this one felt the most like you were looking at a world you could recognize versus a world filled of just magical things you can't quite connect to 
um, but that you can watch and be like, wow, it's like an alien land, but this one felt a little bit more close to home. I also think that Michael Keaton is just so incredible as a presence on screen regardless yeah. of what he's doing, but there's just so much that goes on with him, like from what he's saying to what's underneath, there's so many layers, so I just loved having him in there. Yeah, I saw a meme before the movie came out, which was a picture of him in the bat suit, the bat suit, not the bat zoot suit, that's a different <laughs> story, I think Adam West wore that, but it's a picture of him in the bat suit, plus a picture of him as Birdman, Birdman. from Birdman, of course. and then how that equals him as the vulture. I'm like, yeah, I was he, actually just thinking that the, earlier. The last <laughs> like 30 years of his career have been building to this moment, but, and look, he does a ton of great work, even to this day, even in, the, in a Robocop remake that most people didn't like, I thought he was great in it. Mm -hmm. And he's fantastic in this movie, and I, uh, sort of the underlying, the thread that carries through this whole conversation is that, yes, I had to go to the bathroom for about a half an hour, the sequence when he's driving the car to homecoming, spelled appropriately, not the dirty way, so there'll be no bell. When he's driving them and the way that the conversation is revealing to him like, oh, this motherfucker is Spider-Man? And it's just like, it was so captivating. That's like, I always have to make the distinction, like that's like real movie good, not superhero movie good, yeah. you know? And when you can get those moments into your genre films, whether they be science fiction, superhero, what have you, where it's just like, oh shit, this is so well done. And the way that Liz, who is apparently not Zendaya, is in the car <laughs> and she's just like, oh, whatever, dad. Oh, dad, you're so terrible, you know? <laughs> and I'm just like, this is so great. And it's like, hey, you know, I gotta talk to Pete. Why don't you go inside, find your friends? And I was just like, oh shit, I'm not going to the bathroom now. I gotta see how this all unfolds. I don't know, that to me is, the smallest sequence in the movie because of the amount of time that it, it takes up, it, you know, it, it's it, it's a lengthy sequence, but they're just in the car and that's so tense. So that really connected me. I loved all the fighting and all the all the crazy shit that we saw, but I was just like, that's the best moment in the movie to me because it's like, that's the kind of like real life shit you'll wander into when you happen to be a high school kid who is moonlighting as a superhero, mm -hmm. you know, like, and that's another thing too, and I'll uh, go to Captain EO in a second, is when he opened the door at her house, I had no idea that was her dad. My first thought was that, oh fuck, he killed her family. <laughs> and he's gonna pretend to be the dad and Peter's gonna have to figure it out before <laughs> he gets killed. And then I'm like, oh no, he's the dad. That's even better. Mm -hmm. That's way better than him killing the family. Like, that's a little dark, honestly. I'm gonna say it, that's a little Zack Snyder. So I'm glad to see that he was her dad because that's way more interesting. Yes, Captain EO. I, I also remembered in the car, I pointed out how uh, Michael Keaton's character figuring out that Peter Parker's Spider-Man was a touch I loved because so often in, in these movies, it's like the only way that we can get Peter's identity revealed is when his mask is ripped off yes. or somebody who's yes. known him his entire life doesn't recognize his body, voice or anything until like much later in the movie. Whereas this one, it's like, oh, every time Spider-Man shows up, you're in the general area, but not the exact area. Yeah. So you're Spider-Man. Cool. Yeah. And, well, and there's even the moment where Peter's like. Oh shit, he's figuring it out. Yeah, actually I wasn't in the elevator. Because he can't pretend that he was in the elevator mm -hmm. because Liz would be like, you weren't in the elevator. Yeah. So it's just like, oh no, this guy's figuring it out. And he, there's a moment where he's still trying to play it cool. It's like, did you tell her? Tell her what? 
You know, he's like, oh, I can still get out of this, Spidey. <laughs> it was like, no, no, you can't. And yeah, Michael Keaton all around, I thought was a great villain. And I loved that when he got out of the suit, he had on this jacket that had the fuzzy collar, which was a nod to comic book vulture, which went all the way back to Amazing Spider-Man number two. Uh, Jeff Winstead, your thoughts about Michael Keaton as a vulture and if you caught that little nod to the OG vulture. Oh, yeah, that I caught. I thought the the great thing about the performance was it was understated. He wasn't chewing it, chewing the scenery. And I think that's what really made him one of the better villains in these movies. Um, he just like you said, it was good acting regardless of the of the, of the type of movie he was in. Yeah, and I did not see the turn that he was her dad. I did not see that coming at all. I was totally shocked. Okay, because so, if you knew that NMJ, I'm like, I think he's lying to us. He made uh, the movie. MJ thing I got, but this I did not get. And, and that's when the movie went from like a good, like a real fun, good movie to a fantastic movie. Yeah. Because of that, it, that, from that point onward, you're like, oh, yeah, this is uh, this isn't going to end well for everybody. I just wonder, you know. And I think that sort of, you know, we talked about the sequence of Peter getting out from under the rubble. But just the fact that he continues to not give up the what, seven other times that he's beaten after that. And, you know, on the plane, crashing the plane. And that's what I was talking about in the spoiler-free portion, is that when he finally knocks down the vulture and he, he drags him out of the, the flame, I was just like, oh, man, how's there going to be more fighting? And I'm like, oh, no, no, it's, it's done now. And I'm like, that's kind of great. And the fact that there wasn't like, now Iron Man's going to show up. And yes, Iron Man showed up, or at least an Iron Man drone, showed up enough times to help him out. But it just, he didn't then. And it was like, that was his moment. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's, you know, it's it's a little corny, but so are superhero stereotypes and movies and things. It's the moment where you're like, yeah, this guy's a hero. You know, he's like, he didn't give up any of the times where he should have, like under the rubble, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, oh, we need that in these movies. That's yeah. the great thing about the movie. It was, it was so positive. Yeah. And at no point did they say in this movie with great power comes great responsibility. However, I think that that was kind of apparent throughout the entire movie. And I uh, found a, a lot of it just great. And one of the things we haven't talked about yet is uh, the reappearance of Marissa Tomei as Aunt May, who he only calls May. And the younger Aunt May, which I think is is a fun sort of different take on the character. I like when Tony Stark is recording the video where he's like, what are you wearing? Something nice. He's like, oh, that's too much, isn't it? And like even he had to realize like, oh, yeah, I, I, I just can't. And uh, I, I think it's great. And there is a, a good move, moment in the movie at the end, right before the credits, that the Spider-Man purist in me probably shouldn't like, but I think it just happens so organically. The yeah. fact that she sees him in the Spider-Man suit and, of course, is like, what the f... And then the music starts, and I'm like, yeah, because there, there was some light swearing in here, a couple of S-words, but uh, I, I was just like, yeah, let's, let's, not, let's, not have, let's not have Aunt May use the F-word. So I thought that she was great. I like that everybody loves her, including the guy at the Thai restaurant. You know, right. how could you not... You know, even even Joe Pesci loves her. You know, so everybody loves Aunt May. And, and I hope in the next movie that she does actually know, like he doesn't explain away that, oh, I was just, yeah. it's my Halloween costume. I'm going to a costume year. party, but it's right, March. Right. Yeah, I'm just trying it on now. Jeff said, it'd be kind of silly. Yeah. You know, it gets silly after a while that people don't recognize 
that, oh, maybe my nephew actually is Spider-Man. Well, and that was another moment to go back to Michael Keaton that I liked that he's like, hey, you know, you, you sound familiar. Are you sure we haven't met? And that's not a moment where he's like, this guy sounds like Spider-Man. You know, he's just like, oh, you sound familiar. Uh, did right. you have uh, something you wanted oh, to share, Natasha? Well, I had a question, actually. Okay. Um, okay, okay. So I know, like, in the ones I've seen before this, there's... Uh, May and then there's Uncle Ben. Yeah. Right. So this is I. I assume at first I was like, wait, like, it's just like a totally different Aunt May. Like, is Uncle Ben already dead? But it's like, is it just a younger version? I think it, I think she's just younger, and I do think that Uncle Ben is dead, and I assume that Peter caused it. And the only nod to that we have is he says to his friend Ned, who we'll get to in a moment, that you know she's been through a lot lately. Yeah. And I think that that's probably what it is. You so know, they just that, changed it. They just changed, yeah, they definitely changed it. I mean, this is sort of like shaking the Etch-a-Sketch, basically, oh, on the you. older movies, but uh, still letting some of the, the concepts through. Uh, Captain EO, let's talk about Ned, his buddy. You know, mm -hmm. we sort of touched on it briefly because of the fact that, you know, that was one of the touches you liked from the Miles Morales era Spider-Man. Uh, I like that pretty early on, he just has that moment where he sees him in the Spider-Man suit. And I like the touch that he dropped the Death Star that he had mm -hmm. spent all that time on, because that's something that you didn't quite realize in the trailer. Like, you know, I was like, oh my God. But uh, talk a little bit about Ned and how he gets to be the guy in the chair. I know. I. I liked it, um, and again, referencing like previous conversations, I, I said that I like Ned because he makes it so that all the comedy, which is always a, a big part of Spider-Man and Spider-Man stories, doesn't have to rely solely on like the snarky bullshit from Peter Parker. Now, that's not saying I don't like like the, the wit of uh, all the old Spider-Mans, but it's just like, it gets tired when it's like everything that comes out of this smart guy's mouth is some like snarky comment where you're yeah. like, okay, cool, we get it, you're a smart ass. Yeah, you're, like, you're very funny. <laughs> which was always my favorite thing about him because, you know, it's, man, he spends a lot of time with the one-liners. Just imagine, mm -hmm. would he be a better superhero if he didn't like, oh no, you guys are late, the 10.30 was the arms deal ferry. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, just maybe you could have saved some lives if you weren't. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just piling on poor, <laughs> poor old it's Pete. It's true. It's, it's, it's true. But it, I mean, it also, it takes a little bit of the, um, because when Peter's the only one making the jokes, then he's playing off his own straight man shtick mm. from being Spider-Man. Because like the stuff that Spider-Man does, it, like that he's actually doing, is always very serious. Some of what he says is a little bit more comical, but it's like then when he's in his normal everyday life, now we have this best friend character who can be a bit of the comedic relief, who can be the kind of like dopey one, right? Plus, once again, we like we really in this day and age where we have all this technology and everything else, it's like secret identities just aren't the same. They just wouldn't work like they used to be able to. So it's like as yeah. a concept in comics and everything, it used to make sense because it's like, yeah, OK, to look somebody up, you had to look them up in the phone book. And then you're like, hope that's them versus yeah. like uh, there's a camera on you 24 seven everywhere, always. And like little trackers everywhere, always, especially in a world filled with super teched out superheroes. Like you just got to get rid of some of the outdated parts of Spider-Man and, and embrace some of these newer versions, which is what we did. But we didn't get too far away from that original. So I, I felt like it just it walked that line very well, which is what we get from a dead. And then you get like tons of laughs. Like I'm pretty sure the entire theater that we watched it in, the biggest laugh that movie got is when Ned is being the man in the chair 
chair and the teacher comes in and she's like what are you doing and he's just like Dance. watching porn yeah <laughs> and uh, he's just like it's the only way out that's true that was definitely the biggest laugh from the people in the theater and there were there were a lot of big laughs throughout uh -huh. the course of the movie this was a this was a great 11:30 a.m. in Burbank at the mall crowd in leather recliner chairs <laughs> that only cost $7.49 a seat because it was a matinee yeah that's right i don't know jeff winstead you went where you live in north carolina it was probably like four dollars for the movie and i don't i don't even mean that to disparage where you live i'm just talking about how overly expensive everything is here no um i think ours were eight uh eight fifty a seat ah, ah! Suck it! <laughs> they, and they weren't recliners either they were normal squeaky stadium seats all right yeah. well, see yeah usually for the for the fancy seats you have to basically spend, spend a lot more but uh mm -hmm. yeah so um, just uh, sort of thinking uh, about some of the other things in the movie. Obviously, there were some great nods. Uh, it's a very brief moment, but the principal of his school is clearly the grandson of one of the Howling Commandos. He was a little strong-armed in there because it was this sort of narrow shot in like the you know the the right half of the screen through a window. Right. And like, boy, that framed photo sure is nicely in there. I'm like, oh, that's that guy. I don't keep my military medals straight <laughs> with my desk. I keep them facing outward. So anyone walking yes. by can see them at an angle and know how de yeah. decorated my grandfather was. But uh, Jeff Winstead, as a uh, 80s and 90s comic book fan, I liked that we got the introduction of damage control. I think it was not the comedic damage control that I remember from their own series, but the concept of damage control, like somebody's got to clean up this shit after it happens, you know, and you could understand it's sort of, it's a very real problem to get back to why Michael Keaton's character was so well-rounded is that, yeah, this guy was going to make a ton of money legitimately. Like he hired a crew, he bought yeah. trucks. He was going to make so much money on that cleanup and that got taken away from him. So he's like, well, now I'm going to have to be a criminal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It actually, it was, a, it was almost a heartbreaking scene. I mean, you really felt he, that's, one of his better acting bits in the movie and was you really felt his pain that you know I invested all this like everything I have is sunk into this job and if you take it away from me I don't have anything yeah and um, that, that was that was a good bit and also like sort of going fast forward until the end of the movie um, that when we haven't talked about this yet but when Peter turns down Tony's uh, offer to join the Avengers part of that wasn't because of Tony's pep talks it was because of Tomes's pep talk, or not a pep talk, but uh, speech to him about how you know we're the everyman. I know you can relate to that. You know uh, the the deck is stacked against us, and the Tony Starks of the world, you know, have it easy, but we have to be here on the ground. Yeah, I think one of the yeah. reasons he actually rejected the Avengers was because of that speech. Pretty sure that that speech is when I was in the bathroom, but I uh, I can't wait to see that speech tomorrow. Pee uh, earlier tomorrow. Well, I'm gonna pee. Yeah, you know, I'm gonna try just, to not pee, but just calf. Just go go for the full yeah, calf. Or like a little bottle. Also, I mean, I get the popcorn bucket. You know, it'll be empty by that point in the what movie. If it I thought leaks? you cut a oh hole God. in the bottom. Of All right, for so Heather. I'll so I'll use the cup. And uh, sorry, what was that advice, later. Captain EO? I want the audience to hear for sure. <laughs> I said, I thought you already cut a hole in that for Heather. You know, I did. Uh, and that's how we ended up with Felix. So I probably have to come up with a, with a better solution. So, uh, but yeah, that was an interesting moment because I assumed, like Peter did, that it was just a test and that he wasn't going to get the the Iron Spider or what is that suit? Yeah, the Iron Spider. Yeah. And what it like. you know, which looks really cool, and I'm like, okay, we'll get to see it at some point. You know, it's sort of like that moment 
in in the first Iron Man where Rhodey, who of course this is when uh, what's his name played it? Or was it who played him in the first oh, one? Was it? I know. I was it Tay Diggs? Or am I being racist? Racist. I think I'm being racist. Yeah, it's the guy who's on Empire. I just can't remember. Terrence Terrence Howard. Terrence Terrence Howard. Howard. Yes, super racist, by the way. Uh, Terrence Howard. That stupid Academy (laughs) Award-winning actor's name I can never remember. In the first Iron Man, to be racist, I pulled the name out. Yeah, that's true. No, look, we appreciate that. Clearly, I, I, you know, I just thought that they were the same actor, and Don Cheadle (laughs) is clearly also the same actor. No, positive racism. But Terrence Howard, you know, looks at the the war machine suit and he's like, "Oh, next time." And so I kind of like that. This is one of those moments. Like, look, he's going to put on that iron spider probably to go Never. into space for the infinity gauntlet just guess yeah, or infinity the minute War. they show that suit i knew he wasn't joining the avengers oh. at least not that suit yeah. because the, the fans would have lost their minds yeah and, and it's like let's build to it and see it later and you know because right. he, he'll just you know because again this whole point is like that he doesn't need the suit so let's exactly. give him the bigger batter suit and the fact that then we had the little reveal that actually the reporters were there and the fact that Pepper's there, which was nice to see her, and that Happy Happy had been carrying around an engagement ring for ten years was also a nice touch. <laughs> <laughs> Natasha liked that. She's like, that's like that's such a boy thing to have to have your manservant carry around Just your engagement. Just in case you never you know. never know when that's going to be your way out. Yeah, absolutely. Or the moment. Yeah. either one. I yeah, guess. right. Exactly. It's the right moment. Yeah, I guess you were looking at it more of a romance. I'm just going to get a dog, and I'm going to have an engagement ring as part of its collar. Oh my god. So that whenever I'm ready, I can just like pull it off the car. All right. So now Natasha knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. What if the dog runs away? And then what if the dog wants to get engaged and like gives the, the lady dog, dog a that, diamond? <laughs> that all sounds like fate telling me what to do with my life. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> Madam Webb <laughs> has come in and shown me my future. <laughs> oh, I hope we never get Madam Webb in a movie. But uh, that's just that's just me. I, I, don't, I applaud that. That's a deep cut. That is a deep <laughs> cut. Oh, yeah. No, Jeff goes very deep. But that's because she's in the. 90s anime. Yeah, show, I, yes. I just happen to be at that part of the, <laughs> the TV show. But still a very deep cut and very appreciated. And by the way, it has been now three full Spider-Man movies since we've had J. Jonah Jameson. I'm ready. Mm. And I, I guess that we're going to have to get somebody else to play him now, you know, because Commissioner Gordon can't play J. Jonah Jameson, which is fine. I mean, but can't, can't he, though? I mean, different he, universes. he probably could, but that's probably... You're just going to confuse people. Yeah. Right, exactly. People are already kind of confused. Natasha's already confused. She's like, "Where's Uncle Ben?" I know my favorite. <laughs> and the answer, and the answer, as a racist, is that he's on the box of rice. That's where Uncle Ben is. Kind of like how Thanos is now also going to play Cable. <laughs> yeah, which is very interesting. But at you least those are the same. Yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, so Jeff Winstead, uh, one of the other things that I thought was cool to see. Uh, was the fact that we incorporated Mr. Stanley into the movie and Will Sterling hates those cameos. And I feel like this is going to be one that bothers him because he has his line and then he yes. goes back in for a second one. And that's when yeah. it always kills him. It's like, why did we need another one? But uh, I think it's just very funny for the idea that Stan is just a guy from the neighborhood, right? Exactly. That's why That's why this one actually worked, kind of. Is He's just, yeah, he's a guy. He's a New Yorker. Made total sense. It wasn't him in space yeah. or or anything like that so yeah I, I didn't mind it there 
you know, they're definitely Hitchcockian. I mean, sort of waiting for who's the, Tony Stank? <laughs> uh, what were you going to say, Captain EO? I was going to say, I heard in the next Batflick film that Bob Kane is going to do a cameo saying that oh, he's really? the only guy who created Batman <laughs> and that Bill Finger is a liar. Well, you should elaborate that you watched the, the Hulu uh, documentary. I, yeah, I finally watched the Hulu documentary uh, Batman and Bill, which is all about Bill Finger co-creating yeah, Batman. Our friend Rob Lurich uh, suggested that mm-hmm. to us all on Facebook or Twitter, actually, because he's not on Facebook. Sorry to insult you, Rob, by making people think you might be on Facebook, which, of course, you're not. But there was a different guy named Rob Lurich, but I digress, clearly. <laughs> and uh, I look forward to watching that movie, although I, I hear that it, it makes you very angry at what happened to uh, Mr. Finger, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Freddy Got Fingered. That's a bad reference. Oh. I feel terrible about that. It's a bad movie with Tom Green. It's It not means he literally got fingered. Daddy, would um, you like some sausage? <laughs> You get a ding for the for more deep cuts. That's deep cuts EO here. At you, 347, 13 minutes and zero to the top of the hour. But what I was gonna talk about was something that I had no idea was in it, was the awesome Chris Evans appearances as Captain yes. America in the instructional so video. And the the tag second post credit scene. Yes. I that was the best one. But then of course when he's in detention, there in detention. Where'd that come from? Detention. Detention. When he's in detention and he's sort of like the secondary one that starts as like your bodies are changing. And I'm like, this is oh, amazing. That this is what they do with Captain America. And I like that the coach addresses, like, I think he's a war, war, war criminal, criminal now, but whatever. I still uh, got to show these. Yeah, I thought it was great that we we worked Cap into it, you mm-hmm. know? And, of course, Peter's like, hey, I know him. I took his shield. That The end credit scene is pretty great. The whole, like... An important thing for every soldier and student is patience. <laughs> and sometimes the payoff's not really worth it. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad that Deadpool did the knockoff of the Matthew Broderick, Ferris Bueller's Day Off post credit scene because mm-hmm. obviously this would have been an opportunity to do that, but mm-hmm. they had to do something different. So I was kind of glad that we we didn't get it. I, when he started, I'm like, oh, is he going to do that and tell us to go home? Or didn't Captain Deadpool America already? in his Captain America mask and the Ferris Bueller robe <laughs> once again. Yeah. Are you guys just, still here? Just do the same thing, exactly. <laughs> and I, I thought it was great. By the way, there was a, a very quick reference to the prototype for Cap's new shield that mm. was referenced. And I, I don't know. I didn't see any goodies there that were getting packed up from the stank tower jeff winstead did you see any of those kind of easter eggs you know other objects that we should recognize from the marvel universe i i did not recognize much i mean there was the obvious stuff when he was when uh, vulture was in the plane like ultron's head yeah oh oh, no peter saw that in the back of the truck so yeah Mm. there were a few things but nothing nothing major and i gotta say something though when did cap film those things he's wearing the costume from the avengers yeah. The first movie. This, the, the worst costume in the history of these Marvel movies, by the way. He's wearing that, which yeah. he only got in the mid-mission in those movies, and then never well, had it again. I think that, honestly, there's, there's some time before, what, between Avengers and Winter Soldier. You know, I mean, he's... He, he had downtime. He, you know, look, they shoot it all in a day, you know, just like they did with the moon landing. You know, it doesn't take that long. That's true, but, but I just can't believe that he didn't have the foresight to... But get, a, get a different costume. That costume is lame. I, you know what? He's he's from a different era. You know, think about what all comic book costumes or superhero costumes look like in the '40s. He doesn't know. He this guy had wings on his hat. You know, and and so did Thor. You know, <laughs> but yeah, I think that top to bottom, I was more satisfied with this than I was with a, a lot of other superhero movies. 
And the the comparison to Wonder Woman that I'll give is that even Will Sterling agreed that there were a couple minutes that could have been shaved off Wonder Woman. I don't know where you take away from this. Two mm-hmm. hours and 15 minutes is long. I'm, I'm not saying that that's an appropriate running time for a movie, but I don't know what should have been taken out, so I'm perfectly all right with how long oh, the movie was. <laughs> And I, sorry, I, I know Natasha's not usually around for this, and that that's not even that bad. I don't this know is, if she's ever heard one of these. Uh, I, oh, she's been on I was, three I was, of them. I was in one. Thank you. You you were you were in two after we saw uh, X Men Apocalypse, mm-hmm. and then we recorded another one after that, and then you were part of the Super Bowl extravaganza, right? Which was mm-hmm. fun for me because football is like a foreign entity. Yeah, you you can relate better to Spider Man than you can. To I am Spider Man. What? Spider Woman. No, Spider Woman's <laughs> not that cool. That's and that's unfortunate. Is there a Spider Woman? There are two. Yes. Mm-hmm. One of them cooler than the others. One ha- one has brown hair. I'm the cool one. Yeah, you're definitely the cool one. Well, one of them is is the black suit Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. But uh Jeff Winstead, that was a conversation I was having with my wife sort of after Wonder Woman that the female Marvel characters, you know, we're going to get Captain Marvel, who's really Ms. Marvel, but Spider-Woman is is not a great example, although it's a character that I, I feel like over time they did a lot with, but yeah. uh, that's probably not somebody we're going to see. I don't even know, like, does that get tied up into the Sony Spider-Man's rights? Does, you know, yeah, they could work her in, you know, like a background S.H.I.E.L.D. character or something. You wouldn't have to get too much into the origin because I think she does work with S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, that's the true. What she does have going for is a, the pretty great costume, that her original outfit. Not not the original outfit in the first issue because I think she, they don't show her hair. But once they the like, red, cut the oh, back the out, one, her yeah. hair comes through. It's a great designed outfit that Marvel isn't using now for some reason. But... Uh, well, also it's kind of looking ahead to you know we'll see Spider-Man in uh, Infinity War. I believe it's called Infinity War, not Infinity Gauntlet. And um, we're gonna get some more Sony movies that are, I guess, not in this Spider-Man universe, and it's sort of very vague. You know, yeah, we're, gonna, gonna work. we're gonna get a Venom movie, and we're gonna get a Black Cat and Silver Sable movie. I think these are all good characters. I love Silver Sable. Yeah, I just don't. Like, yeah, well, that's from that era of of Amazing yeah. Spider-Man that we both read. That was when she was introduced, and I just uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a little bit more apprehensive because this one worked so much better than a lot of the previous Spider-Man movies because of the fact that it's you know it, it's under the big tent. It's part of the family. You know, it had the right touch. I don't know how they're going to do with those other movies. And, you know, as we referenced earlier, setting up a Sinister Six movie, I, I hope it's part of the universe and every all the right people, Feige and whoever else is involved, because I would like those stories to be awesome. That's all I want. You know, I would like comic book movies to be awesome. And I, some, you know, look, I come from an era where that was too much to ask for. You were going to get, <laughs> you were going to get Superman teaming up with Richard Pryor and you were going to like it. Mm-hmm. And if you didn't like it, fuck you. We're going to have an even worse one come out in three years. See, I was born right into the good superhero age. I yeah. was two when the good Batman came out. See, you should, you should be making me feel old, but I'm going to point out you're going to be 30 really soon. <laughs> Shut your damn whore mouth. Really soon. Uh, uh. Anyway, uh, uh, so Jeff Winstead, are you apprehensive about some of these other standalone movies, or do you feel like they're going to learn from this experience? Yeah, I almost wonder if Sony is just announcing these movies and they're not actually going to go through with it. I don't know how you do do them and not have them connect to this 
yeah. this reality of Spider-Man, especially Venom. I guess Black Cat and Silver Sable, you could ignore the Spider-Man aspect. Yeah, but for, for it to be it's Venom, insane. yeah, I definitely agree. How much agree. do you do it? Uh, unexpectedly, I got a message, another surprise guest, but this is just me reading a, a Facebook message from our friend Jason Blair, who's been on the Black Cast a number of times. He said, uh, Spider-Man, and he's talking about Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man was awesome. I need to go back and watch the Tobey Maguire 1 and 2 because it's been a while, but those were my favorite superhero movies up until now. This one wow. is probably better. I would say that Spider-Man 2 is one of the best ones, mm. uh, just one of the best superhero movies. Just saying one of. Uh, he was wondering, J Jason, not sure if Iron Man popping in on occasion was a plus or a minus. I'll need to think about that. I think, me personally, I think it did work because of this point in, in Peter's development as a superhero. I think it's good to sort of have that. And I, I like when Tony calls him, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not good at this father figure thing, but I thought I'd encourage you. Don't cut me off when I'm complimenting you. <laughs> yeah, which was, which was very funny. And uh, he was worried that Iron Man, just like I was, he was worried that Iron Man would show up in the final battle, which would ta have taken away from Peter's heroism. And uh, I definitely agree. So I'm glad that uh, Tony wasn't a part of that. So yeah. thanks, Jason, for being a part of this black cast, even though you didn't know you were going to be. It just happened to come in. Oh. Well, that was a bad one. I shouldn't have even reached over, but <laughs> reach around. Uh, oh, stop it! Stop it! It's me. I'm doing hands it. off. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, so it just happened to be while we were talking that uh, so that's somebody else. Like Jason Blair has triplets, so he got to a movie on opening day. It says something about Spider-Man. I'm just saying that people who it's difficult to get, you know. And all I had to do was just go while my wife was at work and my son was at, at preschool. So you know. Um, I, I shirked some kind of responsibility, but yeah, it's hard. Oh no, it's difficult to get out to these movies on opening day, but Spider-Man was absolutely worth it. And, and that's the moral of the story, Jeff Winstead, that uh, it was worth this being one of your two movies that you saw in the theater. Was the other one Wonder Woman? No, I still have not seen Wonder Woman, oh, despite okay. our last conversation. I, Logan, I saw Logan before oh, that's our last right. oh, um, nice. edition. Yeah. yeah, I think that that's a, that's a great call because uh, I, I really liked that movie, but mm -hmm. that's a different that's a different beast to yeah. reference. So thank you. I'm glad you appreciated that. <laughs> it's a different beast, uh, Kelsey Grammer, than Hank McCoy. Hank <laughs> McCoy. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think that it it works. Uh, you know, that's a great movie on on its own. Just this is such a different kind of movie. This is more fun. Mm -hmm. That movie yeah. is fun here and there. But on the whole, would you say that Logan's a fun movie? I would not. So I feel like Logan is the graphic novel geared towards more adults and Spider-Man was Spider-Man geared towards kids. more kids. Yeah, friendly, right. Absolutely. With adult themes. Like, but I, like, you know. I, I don't know exactly when Felix is going to see his Spider-Man movies, but he will see this movie a long time before he sees Logan or Deadpool, by the Wh way. Why? Deadpool, yeah. duh. Yeah, Deadpool, <laughs> duh. Uh, but, you know, we'll start small. Spider-Man and his amazing friends and we'll go from there he likes the spider-man song he likes the uh the 60 second opening from the 60s spider-man that's that's all I what about to... the 90s spider-man he doesn't he doesn't spider -Man, know that spider-man it's not radioactive yeah. spider -Blood. i don't i don't love that one <laughs> and uh he knows when he points to a you know the, we have a a little i don't know a little figure a desk figure that uh, our own agent starling gave me as a gift once and if you point to it and i say felix who's that Spidey. And if I ask him, what does Spider-Man do? Because he has pajamas and sheets. Yeah, I know. I know what I'm trying to do. Uh, but uh, I'll be like, what does Spider-Man do? And he'll, the you know, Natasha and Jeff will see this, but uh, Jeff Winston will not. He just uh, puts his hands up and he goes, 
because <laughs> oh he knows God. that he shoots the webs. And nice. I'm like, that's you know what? That's all I need. Mm-hmm. And that references an earlier black cast. Well, if you have the older dad, you're going to end up as a nerd. And mm-hmm. I don't know. But if you end up with me as a dad, you'll definitely end up a nerd, even if I had a kid 20 years ago. So <laughs> that's just uh, the way it goes. Uh, Jeff Winstead, I want to work in uh, not just a plug for your Twitter at Jeff Winstead. And of course, I believe Jeff Winstead.com. But you are not just a comic book fan, but you're a comic book creator, and you there are still just uh, four issues of the alternate that can be found at Comicsology. Where do we stand as we head towards issues five and beyond? Um, well, we're slow going, but issues five and six are being worked on in concert, so maybe they'll come out closer together. Great. Um, so that's, that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for, and I'm writing issue seven. Oh, okay, so, perfect. So, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. I think it's uh, fun, and uh, Captain EO, you should uh, you should read Jeff Winstead's comics, and then that'll yeah. be uh, the meeting of the Jeffs, Ooh. which was what this episode was. This is not the title of the episode, but it was basically the meeting of the Jeffs. And, of course, Jeff Winstead sent us some great beers that we could not enjoy before the movie because the movie was at 1130, and I <laughs> felt like we shouldn't get hammered at my house at 1030 in the morning. You but may- do you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Natasha. And... Special thanks to our other special guest, Asian Romanoff. Natasha, mm-hmm. thank you for being back in the Blackcast. Thank you. For Captain EO, at Jeff DeRay, I'm Christian Blatt, at Christian DMZ. Don't forget to like the Blackcast on Facebook, follow at Blackcast, and of course, blackcast.com. Jeff Winstead, thank you so much for joining us. We will definitely talk to you in the near future, although it probably won't be about one of these movies, but we're actually, we're not going to get anything until Justice League now, right? We don't have any more superhero movies coming out, I believe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so. About, uh, Thor Ragnarok? Oh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh my God, I skipped Thor oh Ragnarok and we God. saw the poster for yeah, it in the lobby. Yeah. I'm sorry, I love myself some Taika Waititi, so I'm all about I, that. I'm movie. looking forward to I like uh, Thor. Thor. Yeah, oh, so you like Thor. He's not relatable. I- like no. Spider-Man. That That's is fun a, to watch. Yeah. It's like super not in this world. <laughs> definitely not Girls in this world. Girls like Thor. Yeah. I'm a little, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed that I, I uh, forgot about Thor Ragnarok. But uh, those, so all right, we got a couple of great more superhero movies coming out. And uh, Jeff, we'll always have uh, things to talk to you about. Uh, you know, if, if I feel like doing a whole black cast where, hey, let's reread Amazing Spider-Man 250 <laughs> through 300. And you know, have a conversation about it. That actually sounds like a lot of fun. Captain EO, you could read those same issues because I have them all. Mm. And just like how I, I just you know, give you a bag of comics and say, go ahead, read them all. <laughs> Maybe we'll do something like that. I don't know. Jeff Winstead, does that sound remotely interesting to you? That's fantastic. I'll start tonight. <laughs> I love see Now that I like. That's it for now. We'll see you next time on The Black Guys. <laughs>